Matt. And this is a cell phone going off in the distance. This is the Vinyl Crawl, which is... Do you even know what this podcast is about? Me? Yeah. I do. Okay, did we talk about it? I didn't know if we talked about it. Yeah. (laughs) Just inform you as well as the listeners what we're actually talking about. Um, So the, the idea behind the Vinyl Crawl is... Kind of like in the movie World's End where they do a pub crawl where they hit uh, 12 or 13 different pubs and have a beer at each pub. We're doing the same thing, but we're having a beer and we're talking about an album at each stop. So the first stop on our pub crawl, or a vinyl crawl we should say, is going to be Canada. Cue the Canadian <laughs> National, National Anthem. Anthem. Played by Rush. Gordy from... Oh. Big Sugar. Yeah. On Have you ever seen him play the national anthem? No. Oh my god, it's amazing. No. Yeah, he does kind of the Hendrix thing but for the Canadian national anthem. Oh. And what he does is towards the end he flips his guitar up and he has a Canadian flag on the back of his guitar. And the crowd goes And the wild. crowd loses their mind. Yeah. So, to talk about the beer first, uh yep. we're drinking a Beaver Duck. Yes. From Sleeping Giant Brewery Company in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. That was brought down by my wife's wonderful parents because they live there and my wife is from there as well. So uh, I think they're a fairly new uh, craft brewery. They don't distribute to the U.S. So any U.S. listeners are going to be out of luck. I think they only distribute locally to Thunder Bay and then on over to like Toronto and a few other places. So road trip. Yeah. What do you think? What What do you I think? Like it. It's it's a it, well, American Pale Ale is what they describe it as. Dry hopped with Galaxy and Amarillo. This unfiltered limited edition has the citrusy aroma that of tangerine does. and pine with a clean finish. Yep. A true hybrid. APA with distinctive hoppiness, subtle bitterness, and a clean finish. Would you agree with all those statements? You know, actually, I would. And it's strange that I would. <laughs> but they're pretty much right on point. It's pretty on the nose, isn't it? Yeah. And it's it's a 5.3%, so it's not super heavy. You were saying it kind of reminded you of Gumball Head. It did a little bit on that first taste. Um, which, Gumball, which, explain a little bit about Gumball Ironically, Head, we're drinking it out of a Three Floyds glass, <laughs> right. which is uh, Gumball Head. Right. Um, Gumball Head, similar citrusy, clean, fresh, hoppy, nice finish. You know, it's very similar to it. Matter of fact, I wish I had a gumball head and we could have just it to right compare. After it. Yeah. Do you think it has, uh, do you think it might have a few more piney notes than gumball head? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I get a little more of the like sprucey piney yeah. kind of. I like it. I think it's pretty solid. It's very crushable, as they say. <laughs> I don't know. The, do they say that? Yeah. Crushable? Yeah. Is that like crushing it? Like, like we could drink three of these, no problem right now. Oh, yeah. Let's like, crush it, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like kind of a like the idea of of taking the beer can crush on your head. Is no. that the, no no oh the, did I complete no. did I miss no. it? The idea of of drinking it, drinking multiples of that, and still being coherent. Oh, so we're so, crushing it, man. So crushing sounds cooler than one. session. That sounds cooler than session. Probably session sounds a little more like hey, we're going out canoeing, and me and the friends are going to put on our khakis and that's session, right? So crushing, it's like me and the dudes are going to hang out, maybe get into some things, crack open a couple beaver ducks. If that's how they do it in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they do it in Canada. I've either. yet to get 
I've yet to get shitty in Canada. Oh, I did. They get shitty. Okay, let's man. hear the story. <laughs> let's hear it. Uh, let's see. When was this? Uh, summer of 99, maybe? I went up there with my, at the time, girlfriend, It was now the wife. summer of 99. Summer of 99. Gotcha. Okay. Brian Adams. Right. That's not, you're crushing Soundtrack. it. You're crushing, crushing it. crushing it. Um, no, actually, we rode up with some of her friends in Lexington, and I distinctly remember listening to the Dixie Chicks on the way up. So that would have been... Fly. Fly, yeah. yeah. Good album. Solid album. I like it. I like the Dixie I, Chicks. Yeah, I, I'm not going to hate on Dixie Chicks uh, at all. That DVD, Shut Up and Sing. Yeah. The documentary. Really good. Heavy stuff. Really good. Anyways, getting sidetracked. So what were you going to Canada for? Hang out. Her Was there a dead show or something? No, I wish. Well, um, it wouldn't have been dead at the time. It had been yeah. some, one of the offshoots. But. Yeah. Um, her One of her friends, Carrie Bell, I think was her name. Her parents are from Canada, and I guess she was too. Yeah. Um, so they were going up there for the weekend. I think it was like Labor Day weekend or something like right. that. So we were just going up there to party. And it was near Lake Huron, I guess, somewhere around okay. in that area. But they had, they lived in a very small town. But every on the weekends, everybody in the town went to the lake. And they all had like these individual, almost like... Uh, uh, trailers. Yeah, right. That you stay in. Up yeah, there. and I think that's a common that's a common deal is to uh, to do like the um, the thing where you go to the cabin on the weekend. Yes. Like that that's a very common thing. They well, have a, they call it the camp. Going to the camp. Yeah, we we camped. Right. And uh, the first day was great because we just we hung out and I don't know. I think we went out boats, sea dews, and all that stuff. And then you come back and everybody cooks up food and yeah. all that stuff and who let the dog in the pub <laughs> anyways uh and so but i brought one of those half gallon maker's mark oh bottles shit. yeah because it costs a mint up there you can get it but it costs a fortune at the time i don't think they had it up there because oh, okay. everybody's like what is this gotcha and so we're like we're from kentucky and so they tried it and it was, they loved it. We basically passed it around until it was gone. And then they have a big, like, dance and everything in the campground. Right, the traditional Canadian dance. Yeah. Yes. And then they brought out their liquor. And, yeah. It was, got shitty. Yeah. Three days of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. As is tradition. You have yes. to do three days of dancing and liquor. That's I guess the Canadian that's what tradition. it was. Yeah. <laughs> so were you in Ontario? Was this... Mm-mm. No. So you're probably like a province over or something, yeah, I guess. something like that. Do you even know where you crossed over at, like from the States? Um, Detroit, maybe? Or somewhere in Michigan? I don't know. Yeah, that probably... Sault Ste. Yeah. Marie? Sure. Okay, yeah, we'll go with that. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's a good can of Duty Free is awesome, though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they do that so much anymore. Oh, they don't. No, I don't. I don't think so. Brought a nice bottle of uh, Bombay Sapphire back. There you for go. For like ten bucks, there and it go. was like high class. Yeah. Yep. Hey, at the time. Man. I no, yeah, at the time for sure. Yeah. Have nice. you ever heard the song "Duty Free" by Cracker? <laughs> no. You need. You've to. told me about that. You song. need to. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I kind of got a problem with Cracker. 
just because the lead singer guy is kind of a jerk and he went on this huge rant about how yeah. kids these days don't do music right. He's and very opinionated. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. He's but, against the digital. Thing. Right, he's completely anti-digital yeah. still. Yeah. Cracker was a good band. They had some good Great songs. Great band. Still I, are. Do they still play? Mm-hmm. See, the only, I only knew him from Low, the big single. Oh, yeah. That's a good album. But you need to listen to Duty Free. It's on like a Countryside's EP. There's also a song called Ain't Gonna Suck Itself on there <laughs> mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I know what you're thinking, but it's actually about their contract with Virgin Records. Right. And they go through that whole thing and, and talking about going in and trying to steal the Sticky Fingers master tapes and <laughs> security escorting them to the door. So what's the name of that album? That Cracker album, do you know? Countryside's EP. Countryside's, okay. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yep. And speaking of EPs. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> the EP we're going to talk about today is an EP from Canadian band Big Sugar, who are a amazing, heavy uh, blues rock slash dub slash electronic a little bit, a little bit of everything. These guys have covered a lot of different bases. But as far as like as far as nineties blues rock goes, you know, in the same pantheon of government mule. They are and, the Canadian government mule. Yeah. That and I think that's all And I mean that in a good Yeah, in in the yeah. best best compliment. Yeah. But uh which also, I mean, I guess you could you could say that the um the lead member kind of Gordy mm-hmm. Johnson, the oh, guitar yeah. player, lead singer, guitar player is good buddies with Warren. Yeah, and they have been for decades. Yeah. I think Big Sugar toured with the Mule early on in the States and vice versa. Right. I think you're I think you're correct there. There's kind of like a mutual friendship there. Yeah. Which um Gordy's kind of huge in the whole guitar player circuit. Yes. Like he collects guitars, he's known for his Les Paul playing and yeah. and like he's he is a guitar icon just not quite as well known as maybe Warren or some of the other guys. True. Yeah. Um, but the EP we're talking about is the Ride Like Hell EP, which came out in 1995, mm-hmm. which was, it's a, uh, it came out, I guess, before the album um, that had some of these tracks, which was 500 pounds. It was, that was their breakout yeah. album. That was the big one that kind of put them on the map a little bit, mostly in Canada. It really didn't break yeah. too hard in the U S no. but, um, this EP has their cover of Dear Mr. Fantasy on it, which mm-hmm. was kind of... It, I've talked to Amanda about it, my wife, who is Canadian and was around when these guys were coming up. And that's the one that she really remembers hearing on the radio and just being the big song that everybody talked about because I don't think there'd been a cover of Dear Mr. Fantasy for... I mean, there's been covers of it, but I don't know yeah. of anybody really like kind of making it their own the same way Big Sugar did yeah. on it. Uh, yeah. Because it, it's got the framework of, of Traffic's song, Dear mm-hmm. Mr. Fantasy, which really wasn't even a huge hit. I mean, it, no. you know, the older guys know it, the the old blues rock guys know it, but the general public, I don't know if they really know Dear Mr. Fantasy that well. Not really. You don't hear it on classic rock radio very often. No, no and it should be played. That's yeah. a tune that should be played on classic rock or deep cuts or whatever. It's almost you know? a... Um, it was when Steve Winwood was super young, was when he wrote it. Yeah. Um, and the song is almost like a framework 
for a lot of like 70s rock songs because it's only a handful of chords. It's pretty simple. It's got the the wailing lead singer. It's got the breaks with the guitar solos, the crazy guitar Lends solos going on. itself to go into a jam. Yeah, it, it's yeah. a... In my opinion, it's a template for a lot of things. Which is probably why the Grateful Dead picked it up, and I never, I didn't know they covered they it. They covered it uh, mid '80s up to early '90s. Okay, yeah, and they actually played some shows with Traffic way back, like when Traffic had this song out. They correct? did, and they played with Traffic on the '93 or '94 summer tour, also. I mean, I I remember it from like a really famous bootleg, I think, called Grateful Rider. Yeah. That was a Traffic, Grateful Dead joint bootleg. Right. It was mostly Traffic, I think, but it had a few Dead songs in yeah. there as well. But that's kind of off the point of Big Sugar. But still, that, that song's a really crucial, like, classic rock song. Yeah. Like, it's a template yep. for a lot of blues songs. And the thing that Big Sugar do with it is they just take it and squash it into this, <laughs> like, nasty, fuzzed out almost a little bit dub at times like the the drums are so overdriven like the drum sound huge in it it's yeah. that it's the black keys drum sound but in 1995 right it's, you know it with the little heavier guitar sound yeah I, I think anybody that's a black keys fan or likes that you know likes that kind of that kind of vibe that blues rock kind of vibe would absolutely love this in my oh opinion. yeah yeah it's and that's the thing, uh, Gordy, you know, he's played, I think, Warren's Christmas Jam and all that. But to see those two guys together playing guitar and their Les Pauls and stuff, if you like guitars, yeah, you need to check him out. And Dude's also... just crazy good. And the thing that was kind of um, unfortunate was Big Sugar actually broke up in 2000 three i think 2004 somewhere around in there yeah. um, i've got a signed poster at the house from their farewell tour when they when they hit thunder bay amanda amanda actually talked to gordy she kind of knows a few of the guys from right. from working around up there and she got me a signed poster of them so they broke up then but they actually just reformed in 2009 2010 mm -hmm. so they're actually they're still putting out albums i think they actually have a new album coming out next year um i don't think they're quite as good as as what they originally had, the guys are getting older and I, their sound just kind of doesn't hit me the same way. Yeah. This, this era, big sugar sounds hungry. Like it sounds oh, yeah. like they're just ready to take over the world. Yep. And the title track ride like hell is an amazing blues jam. Yeah. Like that guitar tone um, is just sick. It is. It really is. It's I mean, so heavy. <laughs> yeah. And they fit right in to that scene perfectly. Like it's kind of a question of like, why didn't they make it? it you know? Yeah, I mean, and you it, would think that if you stuck them on a bill with maybe like the Black Crows or somebody, you'd think it'd be a perfect fit. Yeah. You'd think that, because to me, like, so like Black Crows are more like a modern Zeppelin in a way. I mean, that's the way I've always kind of felt about them. Like they're, they're maybe a little more Southern rock than Zeppelin, yeah. but it's still like that same kind of classic you know, seventies blues rock sound is what is what right. the crows yeah. could do really well. Yeah. The the best of the seventies classic rock sound. Big Sugar's a little heavier. Like they're Oh yeah. They kinda their guitar sound is kinda like 
just cranking it, has taken a Marshall and cranking it. You know, it's kind of like Greg's sound in a way. It really is. It, I was it, just it's thinking that, it's It's a, that Marshall stack that you've either jumped or you've got cranked, yeah. and you're just overloading the son of a bitch as hard as you can to try to make it squeal out whatever you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a... Uh, I don't know. It is kind of a bluesy thing, like an Almond Brothers or something like that, with Deep Purple. You know, yeah, a, he- it's, a heaviness, it's, just like, damn, they're. Heavy. I mean, it hits. It just right. hits. It doesn't. It doesn't like. It's not nice. There's nothing nice about that tone. No. And Gordy's voice is very like distinct. It's that, you know, it's that old blues whale kind of thing. Yeah. Like he's. His voice is is very traditional in a way, but it's almost like he just strains it on every song. Like it's it's his it's like he's singing as hard as he can on every song. Yeah. And Amanda's also said that it's the loudest band she's ever heard. And she's heard a lot of bands. She that. she worked coat check at a, a pretty big club in Thunder Bay and lots yeah. of different bands came through. Hands down, she said Big Sugar was the loudest band. Like she had to just like crouch and cover her ears the whole time they were playing it was it was deafening she I'm said I'm surprised at some point that she didn't see Government Mule or Warren it, Haynes I'm kind of surprised too I don't yeah. know if uh they might have played like you know the big civic center kind of thing there yeah. like cuz they've got Fort Williams Gardens which is like a a huge arena kind of thing Yeah so the so the mule might have played that whereas Big Sugar would have played the smaller club I'd say Yeah but great band um, I mean, I think the full album for 500 pounds is probably better than the EP. The EPs, the last two tracks are just dub tracks. Right. It's so a, it's a great taste, a good introduction. And if you like it, you need to seek. Out I didn't even talk about, stuff. I didn't see I'm a Ram. So I'm a Ram's oh, on yeah. there too. I so mean, that's, that's, that's just a jam, man. That's the standout. Yeah. I'm a Ram's a standout of it. Dear Mr. Fantasy's great, but I'm a Ram's a standout yeah. Yeah. because their version of I'm a Ram is probably the heaviest version that's been done. I know the mule does it. They do. And the mule does it pretty heavy. They do. But it ain't chunky like this, no, man. No, it's not chunky. It's more dubby, you know. Yeah. It's not the chunk that that Which, is. you know, they are very similar, though, the way they, the way yeah. they come at it. Yep. Um, the thing that Big Sugar had was they had a couple of Jamaican guys in the band. So they kind of lent the dub to it because right. they, they played like percussion and they would do some stuff on the mic like you know uh, like the ska guys used to do back in the day when they would have the one dude come out on what they call that guy what's what's this they call him two-tone and shit like yeah. the guy that just yeah. comes out and yells random shit right while they're playing yeah they had a, a dude that would do that with big sugar so they would mix the the dub into like the heavy blues so that's why you kind of get that with Amaram during like the kind of break into the chorus because right. he's doing the the upstroke kind yeah. of two-tone thing on the guitar going into the chorus and that's probably where warren you know got the idea of hit from his version yeah you know to do the the dub side i'm sure it. they've played it together they well, surely have and on stage honestly gordy could have been on that dub side of the mule release that came out last year. I actually think he was on there. I think he was too. Cause well, cause Gordy co-produced Warren's solo effort, man in motion too. Okay. So they've been intertwined, you know, and Gordy's had his own thing in Nashville too. Um, he had a group called Grady that was him. And, oh, yeah. uh, it was the dudes from double trouble. Yeah. 
I th- That's right. If I remember right, I yep. think that it was a, it was the bass player and drummer from Double Trouble and mm-hmm. and Gordy, and they were calling it Grady. And it was just straight blues. Like it wasn't really heavy like Big Sugar. It was more traditional blues. But they were pretty good. It just yeah. it wasn't Big Sugar. I mean, there's a thing that Big Sugar has that is that only they have. Right. Because they're a huge collective on stage. There's like eight guys on stage. It's a big thing. Yeah. And the sound that they all make together, you know, Gordy's kind of the band leader, but the other guys are all like, especially their drummer. Jesus Christ, their yeah. drummer is amazing. Monster. He, yeah, just absolutely amazing. But like getting back to Amaram for a second, who, who's the first person to record Amaram? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Al Green's version. That was the one that became popular, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, it's an old song. It is. Al's was the first one I remember Do you hearing. think he was probably the first one to record it? It's the first one I remember yeah. hearing. And there's been countless covers of it. I mean, it's been covered by, oh, man. by loads of people. Yeah, yeah. But to me, the Big Sugar and the Mule version, my yeah. favorites. I even like those better than Al Green's version. I think, I think Big Sugar's version of it, like still to this day when I pick up a guitar... A lot of times I'll tune that I'll tune that E string down to D yeah. and kick the distortion and play that lead right. that lead riff because it's so good. Yeah. It's so good and it's funky. It's not like it's not just blues, it's got funk and R and B to it. Yep. It's a it's a killer track. It rattles the bones too. But basically yeah, for sure. Yeah. But if you like Amaram, then I think that you're gonna like a lot of big sugar stuff. Absolutely. I think that you I, you should you should dive into five hundred pounds. And there's another album. Um, let's see, because uh, 500 Pounds had a couple different. Uh, they they put out an album after 500 Pounds called Hemi Vision. It was a little more electronic, so I wouldn't jump straight into that from 500 Pounds. But uh, yeah, that one that I was just letting you listen to earlier, Brothers and Sisters, are you ready? Yeah. I would I would go from 500 Pounds to Brothers and Sisters, and I think you'll you'll be in good shape. Yep. Start with the rock and work your way to the electronic. Exactly. As you should with everything. True.